Oh, sorry. Yeah, I apologize for making fun of mass murder. Mm-mm. That's my sh. That's my sh. Oh, man. I am. I am a tired, tired Luke. Man, I am so happy you're like, let's do this now <laughs> yeah. because I am exhausted. Okay, good. Good. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's see if we can do one hour. We always go over and we always edit down yeah. to an hour. I, I bet you we can record a good episode in one hour that requires very little editing in terms of like, Ooh. you know, yeah, whatever. I, yeah, in terms of actually pulling out stuff. I agree with you. And uh, I hope so because I'm going to be on a plane tomorrow at 5 p.m. flying to do a uh, youth minister's retreat in Richmond. Ooh, Richmond VA. Say hi to Dan Harms for me. I will. I will. I think he might be there. He literally oh. got got choked up when they told him uh, I was coming. So, uh, Dan oh. Harms, you better be there. I'm going to punch you. <laughs> he stopped listening. He doesn't care. That's a good point. That's a good point. Luke, it is good to talk to you. I've missed you, man. I miss you too, I miss dude. You. Feel like I it's barely been... saw you in San Diego. I know. I literally, I landed. When did I get to the hotel? Like four, and then we both uh, laid down yeah. in our underwear in our respective queen beds. I wish it was one bed, and I'm, <laughs> I'm glad it was, it was called the queen. It was kind of nice because we. It was like we we've we've hung out a lot this past few months, and we yeah. could be continuing to hang out throughout the uh, upcoming months. And then we're just like, hey, okay. It was just like back to life. Yeah. And that it was, was like, oh, oh, good. It's you. Great. Let's continue. <laughs> and that life involved lying down with a really crappy Jackie Chan and Owen Wilson film playing on the TV. <laughs> where they have oh, one. Oh, what was it? Was it Shanghai, it's Shanghai Nights? Nights? Where they have that one great line about the kid having no parents. <laughs> <laughs> and this one you know what? You don't have any parents. You're an orphan. We have parents who love us. <laughs> he says something at one point in time. He goes, I don't know, man, but it was just crazy hot. Chinese lady was saying stuff or something like that. <laughs> I'll have to find those those quotes. Oh, no, I'm adding to myself the editing stuff. Uh, no. You're fine. Yeah, have you ever heard of those? They're parents. We have parents that love us. You don't because you're a little orphan. <laughs> you don't. You know, we've got parents. Yeah, parents. Have you ever heard of those? We've got parents that love us, but you don't because you're a little orphan. <laughs> oh, go on. <laughs> so mean. <laughs> so thank you to everyone who came and uh, hung out with us in San Diego. Jose and Anita and that one girl whose name I forget were there. <laughs> I'm just super excited about, number one, there were a bunch of Frannies, but also... Patrick and Pamela of the <sighs> wonderful, band. right? They were so wonderful, great. wonderful people. So great. Wonderful. And people. I, one of the things I talk about all the time and Patrick definitely threw it in my face was I hate doing that thing where you land, you go to the event, you do the event and you leave. And now we stayed I first. I mean, we, yeah, you did. I did not. Cause I had to work, but we, you, um, we had a, I mean, we were there for the event itself. The, the entire time gorgeous mission oh. chapel founded by unipero sarah like i got to pray in it, it was pretty amazing as i was sending you explicit text you or so expletive mad. laden text you messages were, wait can we just can i just go through that text thread really quick <laughs> i didn't realize oh, that because you were just as loud as me but then you went inside yeah so and here's so, the deal so we we didn't know where to go in this complex that is mission san diego <laughs> 
So we get there and we're looking around, and here's this gorgeous adobe. It really church. was amazing. And um, I, me and Luke are talking right outside the front doors, and we're like, "Where should we go? Whatever." Because we and get then some stopped of the, by people, you know, because it's us. Yeah, well, some of the guys who drove an hour and a half because oh, it's those us guys to were come awesome. see us. Yeah, yeah, they were all awesome. Um, and uh, <laughs> they come out, and you. we also wait. Hold on, they come out, and we all start talking, and we're all talking, and we're all being loud. And yet one forgets, one forgets when churches are built the old style, when they're not carpeted, when there's not a narthex <laughs> that, well, it turns out when you have just a giant, empty, hard surface, you know, like Adobe architecture church that, yeah, every word Luke and I were saying to each other and then to the group of guys. And then when I went in to pray for about 15 minutes, just I was all the way near the front, and you could just hear every word. So I pull out my phone, and I'm like, well. Here, let me just I'll read yeah. the text messages that we get. <laughs> so very polite. Now, meanwhile, the last time I saw Luke, he was holding his phone. So I was like, I'll just shoot Luke a quick text, and he'll, he'll realize this. Get away from the door. New text. So <laughs> loud. New text. Your voices are carrying. New text. Carrying, but spelled C-A-R-E-Y-I-N-G. What, what's cap. that? Is that your last name? Yeah, yeah. All caps. You are so fucking lowied. <laughs> New text. All caps. Loud. <laughs> New text. All caps. Ha, 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 ha. New text. People are praying. <laughs> New text. All caps. You just had your phone out. New text. <laughs> beep, beep. Vibrate. New text. Shut up. <laughs> And, like, you need to know that it's a new text, and it's just, like, little thing after little thing after little thing. Because my <laughs> So great. I love this. I love this. Oh. this is, I think it's my favorite part. <laughs> we just go off. You are so fucking loud. <laughs> uh, people are praying. You just had your phone out. Beep, beep, vibrate. <laughs> so the reason why I sent them. Now, people have to understand. There, do you, can, are you, can you just gently swipe and say the timestamps? Or at oh. least see the timestamps. Are yeah, they all uh, within a minute? No. No, 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 no. It's okay. So, um, <laughs> okay. So this is on um, Eastern time now, but I'm going to try to do the math in my head. 6.38 p.m. 6.38 p.m. 6.39 p.m. 9.39. Sorry. Uh, 6.39 p.m. 6.41 p.m. 6.41 p.m. 6.41 p.m. 6.41 p.m. 6.42 p.m. 6.42 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> My whole point was, like, literally Luke was checking something on his phone when I left him to go into the church to pray. And as I'm walking away, I was like, oh, he doesn't realize how loud everyone's being because they're just standing right in front of the door. If they just walk 10 feet to the right, they're fine. And then nothing. And then nothing. And then nothing. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm just going to send him these little snippets so his phone vibrates in his hand or pocket. And he has to at some point realize. I probably had you don't disturb on. The best part is, like, instead of just, like, walking mm -hmm. the 30 yards yeah. out of your pew and outside. 30 yards max. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's being generous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my voice is a little high-pitched. Can you tell? I yeah, know. It's good. So then now, yeah, the show was great. Ooh. with a beautiful set. They really did it nice there. And it was uh, the priest's backyard. The priests who, yeah. who serve at that parish. Very cool It was guy. their backyard. So great. Yeah. So... Yeah, and then uh, and then you left the very next morning. That well, we hung yeah. out with people. We did the bar thing as we typically do. Oh man! Uh, so this was this was great. So uh, I mean, a bunch of people. We just said at the very end, listen, when this shuts down, we're gonna go to the bar. And there was a bar. It was called McGregor's, I think, pretty close mm -hmm. by. Yeah, 
And the funny thing was they weren't doing waitressing service in the back half of the bar. It was like a little elevated area. They had shuffleboard and some tables, but that was about it. And there was another bar area, but it wasn't being bartended. Everything was at the other end. And so we get there. We're like, well, that's awesome. We'll just take that back area. And I just thought, you know, it'd be a couple of us on the high top tables, you know, chit chat and bouncing around. Uh, oh, no, like like 15 to 20 people came at its peak. And we were there. My voice was on the verge of dying, and I had to go to Belmont, Belmont Abbey, um, uh, Charlotte Archdiocese for good old William, uh, fan of the show, William. And we had to do a big event out there. And I never got back to him about your favorite beer. Sorry, buddy. No, it's all. I couldn't drink. I couldn't drink any alcohol. I couldn't do any of that because I had to protect my throat because I was going to speak at a freaking Belmont Abbey front lawn with 1,400 high school and middle school students. And I'm like, I must safeguard my voice. And so, of course, I don't know if you remember the food that I ate that night at the bar with all of our cool friends. I ate chicken noodle soup and I drank tea, <laughs> like all this. Stuff. I did have one beer, but I, yeah, it was, it was brutal. But that event was so fun. We ended up getting back to around one one thirty, and then Auntie after th- and Uncle Wade were there. Oh man, what wonderful people! <sighs> I made Uncle Wade laugh. <laughs> Everyone was so scared of him. It was great. <laughs> and they had like specific wine there for Andy. <laughs> it was wonderful. Did oh man. It did you hear about that? I did not. So Wade. So and again, like this is not the Wade. This is the real Wade. So my 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 uncle Wade uh, goes up to like them. They're all out of beer. He goes, "Hey, uh, Aunt D's here. She needs some wine. Do you guys have it?" And they're like, "Yeah." And they go, "So then you must be Wade." And he's like, "Yeah." Are you serious? Mm-hmm. That is awesome. So basically, I made my aunt. And uncle, somewhat Catholic famous. You're welcome, guys. You're welcome. <laughs> Aren't they Anglican? So now they're like the most yeah. famous Anglicans <laughs> next to C.S. Lewis and N.T. Wright in the Catholic Church. You're welcome. Hey, 10,000 to 20,000 downloads. Can't be wrong. Aunt D, Uncle Wade, you are the most famous Anglicans in the Catholic Church today. You're welcome. Who like who knew that finally having having me as a nephew would finally pay off after years of me just taking and taking and taking, <laughs> kind of like our friendship, mm, indeed. So you know what's awesome? CatholicMatch.com. <laughs> hey, do you want to do that ad now? We we can do it. Well, let's do it, man. No let's editing, we, Luke. One no peel. No, one, one peel. peel. <laughs> Go, Mark. Hey, Luke, I'm so lonely with my wife in the other room. I know. I don't know how to segue into this. How do we segue? <laughs> okay, we can do this. Here we go. Let's, let's, okay, let's just, give our, let's just give our props to Catholic Match because uh, Catholic Match, so we both love the interwebs. Uh, we both love the technologies, and Catholic Match has been around for a while. If, if you were to compare Catholic Match to any, like, tech giants, who would they be? Uh, practical, useful, and been around for a while. Yeah, Lotus One Two Three gets started in the late in the late nineties. You know, a lot of people thought it was cool, but it wasn't quite the norm. No, and then they helped it become the norm. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I would. Comp- I think they're the Amazon of the ca- of the Catholic dating world. That's for sure. Wow. So it's basically a meat market. Come and buy your next spouse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So anyways, um, Catholic Match has been around for a long time. You know uh, what it is. We know um, what it is. 
uh, you know what to do. Go on there. The first couple to get married that has Catching Foxes made me do it in their in their profile, which sounds kind of dirty when you say it out loud. We will <laughs> MC your wedding reception for free. We will pay for our own flights. We'll hang out with with you know your grandma, and if your mom's kind of attractive, we'll you know hang out with her too. Um, <laughs> Look at you, Sarah Nickel. <laughs> So, anywho, catholicmatch.com, create a profile. If you've never created a profile and you are single, you're not married and your wife's in the other room, you are single, go online to catholicmatch.com, create a new profile today and put Catching Foxes Made Me Do It in the profile and maybe put our, our little logo in your um, in your profile pictures to entice the ladies or gentlemen. Um, I had uh, We had one guy reach out to us, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, he made something very tempting. He said, I became a Patreon supporter so that you would plug me to this girl I want to uh, I want to communicate with. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is this is kind of ballsy, kind of gutsy. What are we going to do with this? And I sent it on to Luke and Luke. But I had a hesitation. And Luke said this. What, what did you say, Luke? You said this seems a little uh, seems a little much, a little much, <laughs> a little much. Which is a typical and, Luke response. Yeah, it seems a little much. And the reason why I agree with that, I almost wanted to reply to him and say, buddy, if you think this is going to work for a woman who listens to Catching Foxes, it's over the top. You need to start off small, Brosif. You need to go back and listen to our rules. Our rules will walk you through, buddy, how to entice and not be a douche. Actually, it's not really how to entice. It's just how not to be a douche. Take it easy. Take it slow. Send a message. Don't go crazy. Open up the lines of communications. And then, yes, you too can meet the future Mrs. Catching Foxes. And so we want to start say- making babies in the context of marriage. It's a beautiful thing when it's a holy bond expressing complete gift of self. Catholicmatch.com. Thank you for sponsoring this show. And we always 20 minutes add, later for that probably, ad. And we always um, want to add, which is probably for the last time, yet somehow it, they keep coming back. They keep like, coming back. Like how it burns when I pee. So, <laughs> um, I thought the clap was gone for good, but nope. <laughs> Joke's on me. They're <laughs> gone. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have any STDs, everyone. I'm fine. Nope, um, editing that out because we all know you do. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> Okay, uh, no, I, I don't, everyone, just so you know. Um, so, some cool stuff is going on. We're going to be uh, put in the Franciscan way. Are we? And then, of course, what happens? Every, oh, yeah, the, <laughs> the president is forced to resign. <laughs> Yet another scandal caused by catching foxes. Oh, uh, we had nothing to do with it. Yeah, dude, so uh, I feel like this is worth talking about just because, you know, uh, yeah. this is a school near and dear to our hearts. Uh, we have a lot of friends who listen, who work there. Um, so the president has resigned. Uh, Father Sheridan has resigned his position. Uh, according to the Catholic News Agency, uh, a close friend of his said that he resigned since he was very, uh, he just was essentially depressed and having to deal with the backlash from um, Professor Stephen Lewis and all the kind of the scandal that. Uh, church militant drummed up around that issue, which, I mean, I don't, I don't care what position you take. Um, 
there was residual effects over and over to the point where there is a very saintly guy at my church who walked up to me and he goes, he said something about like how much he loves me and which I'm always accepting of comments like that. And then he says something about Franciscan and I'm like, yay. And he says, except for that president of yours, can't wait till he gets out of there. And I go, whoa, 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 whoa. What do you know about the president? Now I know nothing about the president. I know nothing about him. I have, I don't, I don't think I ever met him. Yeah, and so they say that, and I'm like, wait, I think I might have met him once when I did, like, the youth conference on campus, but I don't, I don't remember him. I don't remember interacting with him. So we're starting to talk, and I go, well, what about it? And he's like, well, come on. He did all that stuff and blah, blah, blah. He, do you – and so I started to push back, and he goes, well, actually, I don't really know anything. You know about it a lot more than me. And I was like, see, you have this absolutist stance off a blog post, a series of blog posts masquerading as the news. But I can understand. I can understand. People were angry. They kept they kept it up. He eventually stepped back. Um oh, so yeah, he is he is no more, Luke. What do you well, I mean, he's waiting till the till the next he's I th- I think his official status now is interim and he's the he's gonna stay on board until they find a new uh a new priest for that position. Yeah. I um who do you I'm hope just, it is? Oh, I hope it's Father Dave P- Pivaka. I mean, I don't, I don't know anything about the TORs anymore, yeah, and so I I, there could be some other people who are just who are just as, if not more, qualified. But I would love to see a president. And th- this, this doesn't. Okay, so this, I don't know anything about Father Sean. I haven't paid attention. I, I don't. Yeah. So you're just asking me, Luke, what kind of a guy would you like to see be right. the president of of your, you know, alma mater? I'd like to see someone who's on fire for the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, and who has a charismatic element to his personality. Yeah, 100%. And I, I cannot think of a better TOR. Again, I only know a very, you know, I, I, yeah. I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on the ones that were there during my time. And I know there are new ones, so I didn't know who Father Sean was. You know, I had no idea who. So um, the ones that I know, I think Father Dave would be fantastic. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He would be amazing. Who do you think? No, him. There's no other one I would. There's no one I'd rather choose. Pavanka. No, than you with your bald head, you with your bald head and your great <laughs> personality. And the one time when we were playing golf and your hat came off and you hit it with your tee, with your golf club, and Luke was amazed by it. <laughs> what the hell? Just, this is at Nick Frank's bachelor party. We were playing golf, and Father Dave had a as I should have had because I got I got um, brutally sunburned brutally sunburned in <laughs> San Diego. We were uh, hanging out at um, Aunt Dean and Uncle Wade's yacht club, and I didn't put on any sunscreen because I'm from Ohio, and it's <laughs> April, and, and I'm I got a child, burned, <laughs> and I was been, I've been peeling my head nonstop for the past three days. It's been ridiculous. Um, I love that feeling, man. There's nothing better than like peeling like skin off your face. God, you are so sick. It's so amazing. It's so satisfying. Um, That's the feeling I'm going to get when I peel off your skin and wear it like a suit. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, Sansa. <laughs> hello, Sansa. Uh, okay, so, uh, anywho, uh, oh yeah, so okay, so we were at Nick, uh, we were at Nick Frank's bachelor party, and. Uh, Father Day had one of those big, I forget what, what kind of hat he called, but something that like a, like a hiker might wear, someone who's bald, like I should probably wear. Um, this huge thing, and like this like gust of wind comes, it blows off his hat, his hat falls down, and his club hits his hat. Either like, as, as he like swung back, or as he, or as he like swung up or something. 
with his club. Uh, it hit his hat. It was amazing. Did he catch it in the club? I'm trying to visualize it. Like, a- the golf club hit his hat. Like, the head of the golf club hit his hat, and it shot forward. Oh, so was it intentional from him? No, no. Oh, that would have been awesome if it was intentional. He was like, who needs a hat? I'm Father Dave Pavanka. And then it, it, the hat goes into the hole. And then the Holy <laughs> Spirit, just a whole bunch of wild geese come out, and they just fly away. Do you um, do you think it's – so this is the thing that someone uh, – I want to give credit where credit is due. I believe J.D. Flynn brought this up. Uh, talked about how a lot of people who, you know, wanted to – who want to see Steubenville get back to their roots, if you will, are very traditional and are not fans of the charismatic movement, per se. And, and I, I, I'm – uh, I don't want to put um, words in J.D. Flynn's mouth. So this is this is like the gist of his text. And Steubenville back in the day was very charismatic. Yeah, I mean, like lift high the banners un- of love, charismatic. Yeah, like almost uncomfortably so. And I grew up in a weird charismatic community slash at times cult. Right. <laughs> so right. I mean, um, and. I mean, we like having the thing on still on our sh- on our show. I don't know if we could use his last name. Nah, whatever. Um, he's fine. And he, you know, he talked about how he, you know he grew up in that, and they were actually um, the attorney general, like did an investigation to see if they were a cult, and that had Ugh. close ties to. And now we love we love on um, Father Mike Scanlon. This is not, but you know, but like, it's not like Steubenville was this perfect thing during like, Father Mike's time. Yeah, or back in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. <laughs> no, so my my point though is that I think a lot of these hardcore right wing Catholic traditionalists who tend to follow church militant, and that's not everyone who does, and not everyone who like is you know. So I I I I understand that there are all like nuances here, but I feel like a, a lot of the loud drum beating ones, your you know, um, Taylor Marshall. I don't know if he's, he said he said anything about it, but a lot of the people right now who tend to quote unquote hold down the fort for orthodoxy and are probably very anti the current the now interim Steubenville president are probably very hostile at worst and uncomfortable at best with the charismatic movement. Oh yeah, and that's oh, like yeah. the rock on which Steubenville was built upon. Yeah, to the point that you can't separate the two during certain points in time. At all. And you shouldn't. Like, here's the deal. Like, Steubenville's – I always have a problem with people. And I, a friend of mine said this. He was at a wonderful seminary. He went through all this rigorous education, learning Greek, learning Latin, you know, r- rigorous traditional liturgies, all this stuff. And I said, what have you learned about seminary life? And And I've shared this story before, but kind of the broader thing he said is, Number one, seminary is the worst place on the face of the earth to discern. I said, really? And he says, because you're so busy. You're so busy. Everything. Like, you're just moving all the time. It's the worst place to discern. He said, number two, they don't teach you how to have a spiritual life in seminary. You're learning the mechanics of how to be a priest, not how to pray. It's expected that you know that. And I've heard this from a bunch of other people. And he said, so there's tons of opportunities for this devout, faithful, strong um, seminary there's tons of opportunities for prayer tons of structured prayer liturgical prayer he said but most of these men don't know how to have a prayer life on their own personal spiritual disciplines but then he said the third thing that shocked me and it was these men hide behind orthodoxy and i was like 
What do you mean hide behind hmm. orthodoxy? Isn't orthodoxy what we want? He says, always, but they're hiding behind it. And I said, what are they hiding from? He said, not what, who? I said, okay, who are they hiding from? Mr. Coy. And he said, the Holy Spirit. And he felt from his first moment. Now, he's not an emotionally exuberant dude. He's not a guy who demands people raise their hands high or whatever. But this guy knows the work of the Holy Spirit, and he knows how to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And his whole thing was, to me, quite fascinating. He said, these are men who will convert only so far, who have faith only so far, whose understanding of their vocation as a priest is the man in charge. And they're going to do the right thing, say the right thing, lead the right way, in term, right, you know, in quotation marks, scare quotes, um, because that's like, like they're institutionally, thoroughly conservative and orthodox. However, he said there is an inner dynamism of their faith that is 100% absent. And this is, again, this is not a sensationalistic guy. This is not an emotional dude. In fact, everyone criticizes this guy for being unemotional a lot of the times. And he just said this. And, I, and that shook me to my core because I feel like I've, I know exactly what they're talking about. I mean, that was me for years of my life. I studied St. Thomas Aquinas when I was in high school. You know, I'm reading, you know, like theology and all this stuff when I'm in high school, and yet I wasn't praying fervently at all. And um, and to me, like, the, the promise of Franciscan was to be orthodox but alive with the Holy Spirit. And I felt mm -hmm. that way as being, you know, really, you know, some of the last classes where Father Scanlon's influence was still fe felt, even though he was the chancellor, he wasn't very active his health was declining. He was still seen about campus. He did when we give me a there. weird look when he was skiing one time. So yeah, and I did make fun of him publicly on stage. Oh, let the fire fall! Let the fire fall! Do you? Yeah. So you that's know, the thing. It's kind of interesting. Like you brought up people being scared and and uncomfortable with the Holy Spirit. I definitely think that I'm there right now in my own life. If, if I'm being honest, uh, say that again. Like, what, what do you mean? I'm not saying that again. But what do you mean by that specifically? I so okay, I went to a charismatic praise yeah. praise and worship thing and it was great. It was with this um, one group and they were just so on fire with um, with uh, St. Paul's outreach. I was yeah at their yeah. Ohio State campus and they're just they're doing such great stuff there and it was really cool to be a part of it and be able to um, talk with with all of the leaders there and it was just it was really powerful to see that witness. You know, I did my thing where I was in the back and got a little bit uh, ch choked up seeing people. I'm leading praise and worship because i just had it just it had been a while since i'd really been around that where it was just this yeah. group coming together and like the team's all in and everyone's just kind of going all out but it was uber charismatic like yeah. uber uber that's part of their S free singing and yeah and stuff yeah like that. and they're yeah. just going all out and i'm like wow like i haven't been around this in a while and i i was i wasn't uncomfortable but i was I mean I, yeah that, that'd be the wrong because i like I, again i grew up around that stuff i'm fine with it in a way, it's oddly comforting, but there was this part of me that I was like, oh, this is so not my spirituality anymore. Yeah. And there was a part of me that was a little bit like, I don't know if disappointed is the right word in myself, but just kind of like, um, why? Like, why did this go away? And I'm at a point in, in my life where, you know, I, I just, it's, there are times when I think about like, you know, like there's a lot of this healing stuff that's going on. And I have a lot of f friends who are very involved in that. 
uh, with Encounter Ministries out, you know, in Michigan. There are people that I genuinely, like, love a lot who are um, heavily involved in that. And there's a part of it that makes me uncomfortable and that bums me out that that's the case, if I'm being honest. But I don't know how else to feel about it. Yeah. No, I get what you mean because in a great many ways, my spirituality is a lot more quiet and a lot more consistent. And when I was really involved in things like praise and worship and all that stuff, it was a lot louder, but it was a lot more inconsistent. It was almost like my emotions, right? And I think there has always been a problem in the charismatic renewal. Always, always, always. You see it in Pentecostalism. You see it. This desire to measure the work of the Lord by the emotions you experience within it. And I can tell you, it is very easy to drum up a certain type of emotion when you're singing a heavily sentimentalized song that promises the world to God, right? It's very aspirational. Um, and at the same time, you're... Uh, you know, you're surrounded by a group of people all doing the same thing, all just singing these aspirational lyrics, like, and there's a drum beat, right? And there, you know, and the music is swelling. Like, it is very easy to be caught up in the swelling of the music. Like, uh, I think I said this before, like, I was listening to this guy talk about medieval music, the difference between medieval music and modern music. And they said, when you listen to medieval music, like an opera or a... um or, you know, just, just instrumental, whatever. Like, you couldn't understand if this music was sad or this music was heroic or whatever. He said, in modern music, you don't need it attached to the play that it's associated with or the opera. You don't need the words. You The, the music itself speaks. And I don't think that's entirely bad. But, like, if you hear, like, the sad notes, like, I was playing, um, uh, I, I needed instrumental music today. I was working on some of those weird buzzing noise in my office. So I play the Game of Thrones, um, just the the instrumental soundtrack, mm-hmm. and the song came on that was when Cersei Lannister had the Sept of Baelor oh, destroyed. So amazing! And it's, it's called the Light it's... of the Seven, and the music is playing. I would encourage everyone to, if you have Apple Music or Spotify, type in Light of the Seven, Game of Thrones, and it's a song. It's this beautiful piano song, but it is haunting, and you know. Something crazy is happening, but mm-hmm. in medieval music, sure you did. No, you, you, yeah, and it was awesome. I made my <laughs> wife watch it like five times. Um, but you, we can't, all have to leave, right? You, you can disassociate the music from the words, whereas in medieval music, you couldn't. And the reason why I say that's important is like, kind of church hymnody is not meant to be a swell of emotions, and praise and worship is meant to be a swell of emotions. It's meant to be jubilation. It's meant to be like true praise music is supposed to be um, it's supposed to be praise and not just solemnity. Uh, Father Michael Scanlon one time says said, um, I think the church has comprehensively understood solemnity, but it has lost celebratoriness in her music. And I think he was trying to say, like, that's where we can draw on this, like what we would today call praise and worship music. But um it kind of takes on a life of its own, independent of what is being said or what's being prayed. Everyone's always done the joke where you could replace the word Jesus with baby or or you're the name of your girlfriend or boyfriend, and you don't have to touch any of the other lyrics, you know, with your sloppy wet kiss, which I hate, by the way. Um, and you can have all that stuff 
I think there's um, the charismatic renewal is stunted in its growth when it collapses in on the experience of the individual. It should start there. I think that's the whole point of the charismatic, you know, baptism of the Holy Spirit, a phenomenological experience that could be described. But at the same time, if it remains bound within, then it's not charismatic because the charisms are graces given not for my own salvation, but for the salvation of others. And yet, what do you find? You find these communities where what do they do? They go into a chapel at their prescribed time, and there and there alone do they sing in tongues and praise and worship and blah, blah, blah. They do it within their insular communities as opposed to the charism of going out and, and praising. And to me, I think the greatest person that ever came into the charismatic renewal, besides someone like Father Mike Scanlon, is someone like Ralph Martin. And my coworker, he's like, I remember when Ralph Martin came to our charismatic conference and he said, the charismatic renewal today is forgetting the number one thing. They said, what's that? And he said, we're called to be holy. And Mm. Ralph Martin has ever since then, he's still 100% charismatic, but he talks about things like the purgative way, the luminative way, the unitive way. Um, he he's the reason why I know about Teresa of Avila and John of the Cross and Teresa Lazou and um, Francis de Sales and all these great because of his book, you know, Fulfillment of All Desire and all this stuff. If you read Fulfillment of All Desire, you probably wouldn't know that he's a hardcore charismatic who prays in tongues and does healings and all that stuff. And I do think there's like too much of the either or and not the both and. Yeah, and I want to be clear that like I, I don't think SPO or Encounter Ministries are doing it. Yeah, but I think those are I think they they do it like well, like you know, and, and it's good. Um, there's just a struggle in my own life where I think yeah. I almost needed to like leave that stuff behind to grow in my faith. Yeah, you know, I needed to get uncomfortable, and I, I don't know if uncomfortable is the wrong word, but I needed to get more. So Brian Kinsinger and I've I've um I believe I've talked about this before, but it's it. Uh, uh, it bears repeating. He, we were at a uh, life in the spirit thing, and he was. I'm giving the talk, and you know, Brian goes like the main point of like praise and worship is just to make Christ king of our hearts, or just yeah. just to just to proclaim him king. It's not about what we feel, but it's yeah. like this is how I'm going to do this in you know this jubilant way where I'm tapping into you know like the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of you know almost like proclaiming Christ king. Yeah. And that like what like um and it it's always annoying when you have have like a friend who gives a talk that's good. Um it was like a light bulb where it's like a thing like in my head like it changed from being this thing of about um and I I think this is just this was just growing up. It's not the stuff that I did when like I was younger was bad. It was just I was I was just becoming yeah. an adult. And I started to slowly kind of pull away from that stuff and go more towards consistency and i found that like and i guess there's a part that just goes i miss i like i i wish that praise and worship stuff sometimes and like the holy spirit stuff like like a lot of stuff that like you know dave and vickle does or that in counter ministries do um i wish that it didn't make me as uncomfortable as it did because i know i know in some part of me there's some lack of faith there not that i don't believe that god is moving i just have a harder time seeing god move than i used to mm-hmm. i mean I, I i believe in those people's witnesses and in their words it's more just in my own life i haven't really like seen that since i've kind of since i moved away from that stuff 
and they might not necessarily be linked. No. You know, just because, like, you know, I don't think, um, what's the whole thing? Uh, blah, blah, blah doesn't equal causation. Oh, yeah, correlation doesn't yeah. equal causation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, could it be, um, you know, praise and worship music is meant to be loud, right? A joyful noise to the Lord, all that stuff. It's meant to be shouts of praise, right? That That's kind of the point. It's that the, the jubilation, the joy behind it, um, the, the words of dedication and all that stuff. That's really the a point. It's, it's prayers of praise that are meant to be sweeping and grand and fun, even, you know, joyful or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think for those of us, or, or really for someone like you who was raised where that type of spirituality is commonplace when you're young, there is an element that is good about praise and worship and charismatic worship within that. And I don't want to reduce all charismatic renewal to singing with guitars and stuff because that's certainly not it. But um, that the, the prayer group with the guitar is one of the major manifestations of it, um, in America at least. Uh, the idea is, like, you grew up with it, so you don't – it has a beautiful freedom to it that you were accustomed to. But the loudness – can only take you so far. You need still waters need to run deep. You need to have a contemplative spirituality. And someone like Dave Van Vickle, I know for a fact, would tell you, like, I mean, most of his prayer is contemplative prayer, even mm-hmm. though he is a charismatic and all that stuff. But when you look at it, like, I would think like someone who was raised in the church whose faith is very private, very scripted, memorized prayers are the only prayers they pray. That something like praise and worship and its free form, its jubilation, its 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 a noise and shouting and rhythm and all of that stuff can become within their spirituality something very freeing that you were raised in that they weren't. And now for you, you're kind of taking the opposite route where it's like the quiet, the solitude, the stillness, the the meditation, the contemplation. That's where you're seeing more growth. And you don't have to be like you you don't have to have anyone tell you that it's okay to pray with your own words. I literally have to tell that to adults all the time. That I mean, one adult literally said to me, I'm not a Protestant. I will only use the memorized prayers of the church. That's interesting. Right? And so, like, to the point where they only identify praying with saying someone else's words. And that has never been a part of the Catholic tradition. Never, 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 never. Yeah. I I was um, uh, maybe about a year and a half ago – Gosh, it might even be two years now. I was on the Threshold podcast, and one of the things they asked me about, like, what was good about uh, growing up in a community like that? And one of the things that really hit me was, for me growing up, there, I mean, to the point of, like, absurdity, uh, there, I could pray for anything I wanted. And it wasn't an abs- – it was very, like – like, I was very comfortable praying for anything that I wanted. So – I prayed for Brett the Hitman Hart to win the Intercontinental Championship one time at like a charismatic meeting thing. <laughs> you know, not like out loud in front of people, but like in my heart, that's what I was asking the Lord for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lord God, may, may Spider Man not be dead in Endgame. May he come exactly. back with a holy boldness. <laughs> Lord God, may Game of Thrones please be, um, please be more like the loot train battle. As opposed to north of the wall thing. 
<laughs> would really appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Lord God, may we hit another five million downloads, <laughs> Heavenly Father. I just claim our just in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I claim it for myself. Well, I, I want to say this: like praise is difficult for people to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a there's a quote in the Catechism. Uh, I'm going to do it. Paragraph 2639, which says, "By praise, the Spirit, the Spirit, capital S, is joined to our spirits to bear witness that we are children of God." testifying to the only son in whom we are adopted and by whom we glorify the father. And it says also that praise is the form of prayer, which recognizes most immediately that God is God and it louds God for his own sake and gives him glory quite beyond what he does. That's why we say thank you, but simply because he is. And I love that because praise and worship is meant to do just that. I mean, scripture does say like a joyful, make a joyful noise to the Lord, right? The word alleluia is a command that says, praise the Lord. So it's like, uh, Jeff Cavins has this whole bit where he's like, praise the Lord. And then people just say, praise the Lord. And it's just like saying, go to the store, go to the store, go to the store. But no one actually goes to the store, right? We're all saying hallelujah, but no one's going to Mm -hmm. the store. And he's like, when you hear praise the Lord, it's time to begin to praise him. And I love that. So my my thing, like talking about adults who might need praise and worship in their lives, whereas some like yourself might need to step away from that or are stepping away from that. Um, when I was doing an RCIA class, I invited them just to say that it, within prayer to say the name of Jesus out loud. And five people were in the class. My brother was visiting. My brother told me it was the most awkward thing he had ever seen because I didn't stop for two minutes trying to get them just to say his name out loud, and they couldn't do it. Just to say his mm. name, yeah. Jesus, or to say, Jesus, I love you, or I praise you, Father. I, I was just getting them to just say the name Jesus, and they couldn't do it. I was like, no, no, no. You know, we just want one person to say the name of Jesus. We'll all say it together. So who's going to say And I didn't want to be the one saying it. I wanted them to, and they couldn't. They Interesting. Couldn't. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, man, it's sad. And I don't, but I, no, no. what what do you think about that notion of like you experience the freedom, and now you you need to grow into elements of the tradition that maybe you weren't as ingrained in, or just the deeper forms of prayer? I mean, vocal prayer is the beginning form of prayer. Meditation is deeper. Contemplation is deeper still. Do you think that like that's what the Lord's leading you? And yeah, that was great that you had that, but you don't need that now. I definitely think it's where he has been leading me and is continuing to lead me. Like the most consistent part of my prayer life is the liturgy of the hours, specifically the office of readings. Yeah. Um, it is just, oh, born, I love the office. Of oh, it's just, it's really, it's my life boat. You know, I just, I, I can't do without it. Um, it's amazing. Uh, I, 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 I do. I think, um, I think God has led me to a point now where, like, my faith is much more set in stone and firm and not so much this intense, exhausting effort. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I know we're supposed to give, like, everything we have and to, like, you know, spend ourselves. But I, I, I think there is there is a point where it's like, well, that's a bit much. You know, like, like, <laughs> Why don't you people just, just settle the hell down? <laughs> yeah. Every prayer doesn't have to be about, like, you know. I'm not going to remember because specific times in college going through some hard stuff and be like, God, I just want a person to like walk through these doors and help me pray about this right now. And like, no one was there. And I'm like, why aren't you sending anyone, you know? And, um, he's like, 
I gave you legs, fatty. You're living a sedentary lifestyle. <laughs> and who's like, get out of your awesome queen-size bed. I mean, sure, it's great. And you really are going to find a better bed for, well, the rest of your adult life. But... <laughs> Oh, that bed was wonderful. Um, Look at poor Gomer sitting on his futon chair that turned into a bed. It was a futon chair, not a futon couch. He is a suffering servant. <laughs> he is Mary's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> but how could he be suffering if he doesn't get off his ass and just buy himself a normal bed? Hey, I didn't have any money. <laughs> i mean um, i could have worked for it but who wants to do that the amount of money you spent on beer says otherwise <laughs> you mean the amount of money my mother's credit card spent on beer <laughs> uh, and the live chevelle dvd oh yeah, gosh i still have that i just watched that like a couple months ago when i was Man. cleaning out my closet i was like oh here's the, the new metal band chevelle in concert on dvd that i bought to impress luke and it didn't work <laughs> No, they're the only new metal band that I actually like, so. Yeah. Can I tell you how, um, so I, I have friends who have had, like, healings through Medjugorje, right? Mm -hmm. Right? And then people are like, hey, just knock it off with Medjugorje, like, knock it off. But when I was there, Luke, let's not forget that I was told yeah, that you I were was told Mary's, Mary's favorite. favorite. And the reason why I say that is I have friends who I had to tell that story to tonight that have never heard that story. So I was Mary's favorite. Everyone at Franciscan University is beloved by our blessed mother, but they will become better if they follow me. I can't remember the third thing. You'd think I'd Freaky remember. Freaky dicky but... sex cult. <laughs> <laughs> Come follow me and, and patreon.com slash CF. <laughs> there will be drugs and Nike shoes. <laughs> it was Adidas. I'm um, sorry. Yeah, I apologize. Freaking fun of mass murder. Yeah, God bless well, that's been catching foxes. We're officially done. <laughs> that's so funny. That's been, that quote should be in the beginning. <laughs> that really should. That hey, really should. Yeah. So I started a new job, and it's not as easy as, as I thought it was going to be. Do you not, think your new job would be easy? No, 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 no. The not the job itself. I'm actually really enjoying the work. I'm really oh, enjoying I know what the it is. people that I that I'm working with. I, I just never been this much of like the new guy at school. Yeah, in a long yeah. You're not only you're not only in a new 100 percent new work environment. You're in a new position where the type of work you haven't done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You've never yeah, done I'm, full there, development, right? Yeah. So there are things where I'm like, oh, I've done this, and then like two minutes later, just like I haven't done any of this. <laughs> oh god. Oh god. <laughs> oh gosh. I'm used to being the like. I'm like, oh, when is like it's exhausting doing real work. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> Come back usually, to the church, Luke. Come back to the church. I just will Sarah Rogers in my office and tell her stories about. Uh, about college in a very like very loose way that somehow kind of relates to problems we have in the young adult world. <laughs> yeah, you know, loosely. this reminds me of the time when I threw this party. It's called You Don't Belong. It was amazing. And then you're like two hours later, you're like, so, um, yeah, just get your TPS reports in on time and uh, we'll be good. <laughs> good. Yeah. And she's like, why did you tell me the story about the time that you guys played uh, played kings in your house and like added all these rules? I don't know. No, then you just lean in and you go, because I want you to know how awesome I used to be. And you just walk away. <laughs> <laughs> you see this place? We used to be kings. Kings. Now what are we? I could just go behind the house right there and just pee on the wall and no one would care. 
<laughs> or in the house. <laughs> I would never do that. John would freak out and kill me. Yep, that's true. But that's in the backyard, true. oh, man, so much peeing. So much <laughs> urine in that yard. But in the backyard, that's federal government land. No one cares. I was like, mm, kids probably shouldn't be playing back here as we have this picnic. We pee and puke out here quite yeah. often. Yeah. Hey, real, <laughs> pee and puke? Other people. Other people huh? are puking. I don't remember puking, like being a common theme. I feel, no, sometimes no, sometimes I feel like kidding. when we tell these stories to our audience, <laughs> they think... Like, we're just like these wild... I know, I know. No, no, everyone. It's Steubenville partying. So by peeing, I mean, like, we just peed. And by puke, I meant, like, once every 18 months, you drank a little <laughs> bit too much. <laughs> and you felt guilty for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> then you pulled that priest over uh, by the side uh, on the sidewalk saying, hey, uh, can I go to confession? And he's like, well, you know, there are literally six days a week, four hours a day when you can go to confession. Why are you choosing the one day when no. you can't? I need you to stop what you're doing. Um. <laughs> I know what the code of canon law says. I'm a theology major. You will hear my confession. Why did it, it was funny. It, it became us making jokes about us always talking about college to us always talking about college. <laughs> <laughs> now, now the cycle is complete. Yeah, but no. Um, so everyone at everyone at Glen Mary is fantastic. Uh, good, good. It's everyone's. I love what they do, man. It's like the they. Okay, get this. They have a parish. They have a church that they started nine years ago with only they like had. I think they had up to 30 people there. Now they have 300. Ooh. Tell me another church in America that has grown that much mm. in that limit. Isn't that crazy? That is. Now, there are, like, outside circumstances for, like, you know, that is not the norm. But I'm like, oh, I'm like, this is the Catholic church that was planted that has grown by, if I could do math, let's go, like, you know, a lot you know that's that's insane. Um, but yeah, it's 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 just um, last week when I left my job was actually insanely hard. Uh, yeah, you know, at, before like it just like every um, I stayed at work for probably an extra like. Oh, I mean, I just had, I had a lot of stuff that that I wanted to get done for whoever was going to take um, take my place so they could have like some um, sense of direction. But, uh, you know, I didn't get really emotional until I got a really great um, letter from my like admin, the, the true queen of catching foxes, Sarah Rogers, finally getting her shout out that she never gets because she doesn't ever um, listen. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So on you, Sarah. Um, but she wrote me this great note and that's what got me like, that's when I started to like get all like choked up and blah, blah, blah. Get all Luke. Yeah, because it was just, you know, I was just like, wow, it, it just kind of hit me. Like, this is it. This is really, really done now. Like, this is really over with. And um, I wish I had taken a day between that and our San Diego trip where they had to come home, pack, g- try to sleep, and then leave at like 5 in the morning. Um, yeah. And so uh, Patrick Lind Choney talks about how whenever you have a transition, you need to have a ceremony. Yeah. Uh, both for the other people and for yourself. And I feel like I didn't do a really good job of that. I'm trying. Uh, like, I wish I just, like, had a party with all of the adults. We just kind of, like, hang out. And I could, like, sing, you know. Um, But I still might try to do that at some point in time. It would just be, I think it would be good for my, like, mental health to do that. But it, it was just, I had never felt so 
And again, this doesn't have anything to do with, you know, with Glenn Mary. It's just that it's a new career, pretty much. And and in a weird way, it's kind of like stepping back into where my career was going five or six years ago. And so it was just very weird. It was really, I'll be honest, man, it was really, and I'm, I am just emotionally just kind of spent. And, and like again, in a good way. I'm excited about. I'm excited about like what I'm doing. I feel very um, supported. I have. I've never had um, this much support being onboarded to a job ever. Besides yeah. when I bag groceries at Dorothy Lane Market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. It's just. Uh, it's tough. I'm feeling. It's just. You know. It's just emotionally tough. I. I hate going to a new job. Even when it was a job that I was familiar with, like coming the, my job I have now, I used to be the youth minister. There's always that experience that just everything is just like you're you're in a snow globe, and all the little fake snow is resting, and then someone just shook it up, and you're like, I'm in a blizzard again. I can't see anything. Like it just happens all over again. There's no hope of getting your your balance. You know, all you can hope to do is not screw something up horribly your first year. Yeah. And after you screw up something horrible your first year, to not do it again your second year. Luke, I'm going to give you a Hansers von Balthasar quote. I will never forget the warning that the great theologian Hansers von Balthasar once wrote to me on one of his letter cards. Do not presuppose the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but present them. Ooh. Do not presuppose the triune God, but present them. I use that quote all the time, except I always say, "Don't present them, but propose it." Oh, that come. This is a That's this a wonderful right? letter written by Ratzinger. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, he he. I'm reading this text, the full text of his. Um, uh, what are they called? The Church and the Scandal of Sexual Abuse that he sent to the the heads of the Conference of Bishops that met Pope Francis. It's it's pretty fascinating. Like, at one point, let me just see here. He's talking about the sexual revolution and what happened um, initially to morals in the 60s and 70s. And he makes this point that um, Miss Kate Strobel, or I don't know, two dots over the A. um, In Germany, the then Minister of Health, Miss Kate Strobel, had a film made in which everything that had previously not been allowed to be shown publicly, including sexual intercourse, was shown for the purpose yeah. of se- of education. I read that. A little weird. Yeah, that is bizarre. And then there was another thing called Sex Coffer, published by the Austrian government, a controversial suitcase of sex education materials used in Austrian schools. Sexual and pornographic movies then became a common occurrence to the point where they were screened at newsreel theaters. I still remember seeing... Can you imagine this? This is Pope Benedict r- reflecting. I still remember seeing... As I was walking through the city of Regensburg one day, crowds of people lining up in front of a large cinema, something that we had previously only seen in times of war when some special allocation was hoped for. I remember arriving in the city on Good Friday in the year 1970 and seeing all the billboards plastered up with a large poster of two completely naked people in a close embrace. Wow, that's interesting. Hmm. I love the thing in there when he talked talked about martyrs and how if you do this, you basically take away... Like if I think what he's kind of saying is if you take away any type of martyrdom, you take away Chris Christianity. Yeah, he says there are values which must never be abandoned for a greater value and even surpass the preservation of physical life. There is martyrdom. 
God is about more than mere physical survival. A life that would be bought by the denial of God, a life that is based on a final lie, is a non-life. Martyrdom is a basic category of Christian existence. The fact that martyrdom is no longer morally necessary in the theory advocated by Buckle and many others shows that the very essence of Christianity is at stake here. And the line that he's referring to, so Pope John Paul, he's talking about, knew that moral theology was completely collapsing in the 70s and in the 80s. And so he began work on Veritatis Splendor for the years leading up to it in the 80s. And he said, uh, I shall never forget how then-leading German moral theologian Franz Bockel, who, having returned to his native Switzerland after his retirement, announced in view of possible decisions of the encyclical Veritatis Splendor, that if the encyclical should determine that they were actions which were always and under all circumstances to be classified as evil, he would challenge it with all resources at his disposal. So he's saying that literally this leading German moral theologian in his retirement is like, hey, if what I'm hearing about Pope, Pope John Paul's encyclical, that they're actually going to say there are things that are always wrong, I am going to invest everything to challenge it. And then he says... But it, it was God the merciful that spared him from having to put his resolution into practice. Bockel died on July 8th, 1991. The encyclical was published August 6th, 1993. And did indeed include the determination that there were actions that can never become good. I am just shocked. When I was reading that, I'm shocked. Shocked at all this. Holy crap. There's a couple other things that I'm looking forward to reading reviews on and both the left and the right kind of parsing this out. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm excited what this, just these, you know, few words might mean. Um, then he goes to blaming the absence of God, you know, in a world without God, um, a world without God can only be a world without meaning. Oh, power is then the only principle. Truth does not count. It actually does not exist. If only, only if things have a spiritual reason are intended and conceived. Only if there is a creator God who is good and wants the good can the life of man also have meaning. I love Ratzinger. I'm sorry. I love Benedict so much. And he does this really amazing thing of like he gets to these points. Like he says what I think you want to hear and not in terms of like an echo to chamber, but he gets to the truth you know, like, because like, you want to hear the truth and you want to, you know, like, try to, and uh, you want to try to wrestle with it. And he gets to it, but he gets to it in sometimes the most unique and yeah. interesting ways that are quite often challenging. Yeah. Because he'll take your assumptions about that truth or things that you might seem or, or things that you might think, you know, contradict it and say these things are not without their merit or not without, you know, um, stopping to think about this or like what's the point of this it's yeah. really interesting the way that he goes about stuff sometimes yeah like he's talking about in various seminaries homosexual cliques were established which acted more or less openly and significantly changed the climate in the seminaries but then he starts talking about this pastoral or this this seminary he said in southern germany candidates for the priesthood and candidates for the lay ministry of pastoral specialists whatever the hell that is lived together at common meals, seminarians and pastoral specialists ate together. The married among the laymen, sometimes accompanied by their wives and children, and on occasion their girlfriends. And I was like, oh, that's interesting, this communal life together. 
And he said, the climate in this seminary could not provide support for the preparation for the priestly vocation. And I was like, oh, so you're talking about you're not even, oh, I get it. Like, these men have to be trained and supported in celibacy. And we are building climates where all of that is being annihilated. Oh, he has this one line in here. There were not only in the United States individual bishops who rejected Catholic tradition as a whole and sought to bring about a kind of new modern Catholicity in their diocese. Perhaps it's worth mentioning that not in a few seminaries, students caught reading my books were considered unsuitable for the priesthood. My books were hidden away like bad literature and only read under the desk. <laughs> I know Jeez. seminaries that were like that. 100%. 100%. Oh, that is horrible. Oh, pray for us, church fathers. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> hey, real quick, because I'm starting to fade here. Yeah, bro. Uh, Game of Thrones, man. Yep. How, how are we feeling? Uh, when does it come out? Sunday. Wait, like in five days? Four days? Yeah, three days? That's that's when episode Whoa! one comes out. Did not realize that. Okay. Yeah, dude. I'm excited. Nervous. I'm nervous. Who do you think is going to be the first one to die? First one to die, the Deadpool. Who's going to be the first one to die? Do 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 do. I think just reference where we have uh, with like um, with some good friends of ours. We have a, we have a Game of Thrones death pool. No, you can't join. Yeah, we have a Deadpool. You, it, it, it's already set up on the website. If you like the show, you should figure it out. But. I, I, uh, yeah, man, I'm struggling here. I don't know who's going to be the first to die. I think, uh, I think it might be Cersei Lannister. No, I don't. See, here's the thing. My guiding principle is bastards, whatever, dwarves, bastards, and broken things. Cripples and bastards and broken things. Yeah. And so you have Jamie Lannister, who's now crippled, right? And now you have Jon Snow is no longer a bastard. Mm. You have, you know, this outcast beggar queen who is now the head of multiple armies and she's no longer a beggar queen. So it's like there's been these role reversals that I wonder what he's going to do with them. Tyrion is still Tyrion. Right? Cersei is still Cersei. Ain't nothing changed with them. Except she's just become hard as stone. Shan. I wish I could drink wine with the the way she drinks wine. Did you ever see her on Fallon when he, when she drank wine? I think so. It's been a while. I it was rewatching. It was shocking how she. I mean, she's a true actress. It was shocking how she could enter into that. She did this thing where you know she's all like talking and she's kind of like this. I, I always think of her as like this punk chick, right? She seems like that, that UK punk vibe. But then she did this thing where he had like a goblet sitting in front. Of him. He's like, show me how Cersei would drink wine. And her face changed. Everything shifted. She did this thing with her jaw and mouth. And then she held the glass up to her mouth and then muttered some horrible thing and then took a drink with joy. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, that woman knows how to. There, there are some actors on there that I'm like, eh, eh. You're just but, playing a glorified version of yourself. Yeah, but her. No one drinks a goblet of wine like you do on Game of Thrones, uh, in character, of course. So 
Um, so I thought, uh, I was wondering if you would like to do this with me, and I know you've agreed to do it already, so thank you in advance. But um, we have goblets. This is a goblet. Yes. And we've got some wine. And I thought it would be fun to um, talk to each other Game of Thrones style. Okay? All right, so... Shall we begin? Yes. How, do you, well, should I pour the drink or um, do don't you? Don't touch it. How does, okay, don't touch it. All right. All right. <laughs> We've already begun. Okay, yes. There we go. Thank you. That is a lovely tie. It's a shame it's around such a worthless neck. <laughs> like, she. Like, you love to hate her in a way that you didn't love to hate her son, Joffrey. You love to hate Joffrey, and you couldn't wait for him to be undone. And people rightfully throw garbage at that actor when they see him on the streets (laughs) in real life. (laughs) He was such a wicked person, right? But her, you're like, you understand her motivations a little bit better. She's not just cruel. She's protecting her family. But yet she is cruel. And so (laughs) anything that becomes a slight... At least that was her character in season, you know, one, two, and three. Anything that was a slight, she had to immediately rectify it, and it cost her dearly. But then in season, what was it, season seven? She just got all this revenge, and you're like... That was the end of season six. Yeah, end of season six. She got all this revenge, and you're just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. She is learning the lessons of her father. And then season seven, she shows you how many times she's learning the lessons of her father, and it is powerful. Ooh, man. Just be able to drink wine with that type of... Uh... Gravitas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, uh, respect, queen. Res- respect. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited. It's, there's a... Uh, my, uh, my body is ready. My body is ready. Your body is a wonderland. So, everyone, you can find me at the Luke V. You can find Luke at Lay Evangelist. Switching it up today. Um, Luke, what's our next uh, place that we're going? Where are we going? I believe uh, we're going to Green Bay, Wisconsin on May 16th. Bam. Green Bay. Bay. Green Bay, Wisconsin is known for its football. Cheese. Oh. Yeah. But doesn't everyone in Green Bay wear cheese hats? Yeah, be, yeah, but I mean, I mean, yeah, sure. Cheese, very excited. It's a person who's who now can't really eat a lot of cheese because it because it disagrees with him. You're so old. Uh, we are so old, Luke. It is so funny. Just today, I was in the grocery store and they're like, "You want to get wine or beer?" And I was like, "Wine, beer." Just it just wake so, up three times. <laughs> yeah, it's just so heavy. And like all the things I'm saying, I thought you know, in my 20s, I would never say these things. Yeah. It just uh, it just takes its toll. I, I, I like to let it air out for a little bit. <laughs> so. Exactly. Yeah, we exactly. are. All, if you want to support the show, uh, I apologize. We've been a little bit. Uh, we kind of we're trying our best to be on there a lot, but sometimes there's just periods of life where we can't. Like the past two yeah. weeks, where I was transitioning between jobs, it was a lot. So something that kind of had to give was my act, was my activity on Patreon. But I did upload two weeks ago the B side episode with Steve. The Missionary, those are available to our $10 and up subscribers. I think I'm going to do, they don't know this, but I want to do a B-side episode with Steve and Kevin Hyder 
where we're going to do like a um, a draft of the top of our top three rock and roll albums where we'll each pick like one album for our, you know, like we'll each pick, um, pick three albums. And so guys, I want to do that idea. If, if, if you're down, call me. Nice. Nice. All right. Thank you to CatholicMatch.com for your support of the show. If you want to be an advertiser, head on over to Catholic, uh, I almost said Catholic Foxes, CatchingFoxes.fm. <laughs> if you go to CatchingFoxes.fm, a website seen by dozens, you can actually see uh, where we have stuff about our advertisers. If you want to get a podcast going, you can see the materials that we use, the gear that we have, that you can go and do your own podcast or whatever it might be. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's on there that could be very helpful for you. And so uh, that's catchingfoxes.fm. Support us on patreon.com slash CF. Adios. <laughs>